In part two of our interview with intrapreneur Kurt Dalton from Cannabis.net, we talk about challenges with building a cannabis-focused website as we move towards the new normal. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some... Just made with CBD and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains and 100 chemicals all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. It was it was legal, and this is an interesting point. Whenever the the date was eighty years ago, that they said, okay, let's put it on the Schedule One list. So it was nineteen thirty seven. Thirty seven. Okay, and it was the Controlled Substances Act back then. Yes, you know, and that that's what actually I believe formed the FDA uh, or the DEA. The DEA. Was formed. Sorry, DEA was I knew it was one of those that yep. initial groups out of uh, out of Washington D.C. But what I tell people who are get like kind of leery of is look on. September, you know, 30th of 1937, you could go to your CVS and Walgreens and buy it. It was an oil. It was kind of a cure-all oil for a lot of things. And then at midnight, it changed to be illegal. Did the plant change? Did anything happen? Did anybody, like, drive their Model T Ford off the, the whatever the Tobin Bridge was back then? No. Mm-hmm. So, again, it was legal for hundreds of years. Right. And then for political reasons and motivated for business to protect Correct. some industries. Right. Like politicians and greedy people made it illegal. There was Correct. no change in the plan. <laughs> Nothing. Right. It's like saying, hey, I can buy Pepto-Bismol today, but in two days, oh, it's a schedule. You can't buy Pepto. Like, right. Nothing changed in the formula. That's so exactly. what changed and, and in we, perception? And we certainly understand how hypocritical that Schedule 1 is because now the government has recognized that there are medicinal benefits to the CBD component of the cannabis plant, which still is a Schedule One drug, according to the Controlled Substances Act, which was 1973, under Tricky Dicky. Yeah. So, for people that don't know, in order to be a Schedule One drug, it has to have no medicinal value. And Oops. The, yeah. The federal government has already issued statements. It does have medicinal value. We've done studies. They have a patent on it. If right. You want to get into that? That's right. So to say, I mean, basically, that's been one of the tenets of people trying to get it legalized. Is look that it doesn't fit your own definition, and you've said this, so it, it can't be that because it's not the definition. Right. Again, we're still sitting here in 2019 trying to get it off Schedule 1. So, and, and, and I will say this, and in my news dabs, which is the weekly video news that I get to produce out of the Pro Cannabis Media Studios here. Beautiful here. God, it sounds... View of the ocean. Yeah. Really, oh, my goodness gracious. We have all the best well, views. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? 360. Yeah. Anyway, um, the Department of Agriculture descheduled cannabis slash hemp uh, last week. Yes. And and allowed interstate commerce of hemp to go across state lines because since they passed that farm bill in December, they really did not define exactly what that meant. 
You know, now they've clarified it a little bit. So that's Mitch McConnell. He got it passed for the Kentucky... Which Tobacco did, farmer. Right, for the hemp people. And what was happening is Kentucky was it grows a, can grow a monster amount of this hemp and cannabis when the time comes. Their truckers were trying to get it out to um, production facilities, and they were getting arrested. They were getting stopped in other states. At the state line. Over. And they were trying to explain how the male hemp plant is different from the female marijuana plant. Right. It wasn't going well. So Mitch McConnell actually leaned on the, the agriculture and said, look, we, you, you can't be pulling over my truckers and arresting them. Let's, let's get something done at least. So they did. You are the first person, and I've had a lot of people in here who understand the difference between hemp, and I don't like to use the M word, but in this case, marijuana, the cannabis plant that has more than 0.3 THC in it, okay, as well as CBD, because CBD is in both products. Um, but you're the first one who explained hemp is male and marijuana is female. So- now, does that go across? Is that accurate? Because I have planters and growers that I can explain it better. But you're the first one that brought that up. And I think that's a simple explanation. So it's not quite as simple because the hemp plant is actually different from a male marijuana plant. Okay. They're they're in the same family tree or cousins. Yeah. But the hemp plant is only male. Only male. Only male. There cannot be a female hemp plant. There you go. The marijuana plant can be male or female. And it's the female that has the higher THC. It has the flowers. Yes, it flowers. It has the flower. It flowers. It's a flowery thing. And it's a beautiful plant. It's a beautiful bud. Mm -hmm. And and in fact, if you go onto the, I'm going to be a shameless plug here, go onto the uh, homepage of ProCannabisMedia.com and you'll see a beautiful picture of a flower on that homepage. That's a female. Uh, That would be a female. And by the way, I am very comfortable admitting that I do believe that the females are the superior race since they can do something that we males can't do, mm-hmm. and that is bear children. Get us high. Oh, you're talking about real females. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I followed you to they that can last drive us crazy. Yes, they can drive us crazy if you want, <laughs> uh, but certainly um, they're here to stay, as is this plant now, and I really am amazed at how many women entrepreneurs have entered the cannabis space. I got to meet one of them at the Seed to Sale show that the NCIA put on back in February, Ashley Pacillo from Seven Point, or maybe it's Point Seven Consultants, but uh, she was terrific. Turns out she's from Franklin, Massachusetts. I mean, again, the Massachusetts people understand how to turn opportunity into business. And, and it is a really uh, up-and-coming niche for women. There's We Grow, Woman Grow. Um, there's there's a, Caroline's. Yes, there's a couple Caroline's in Exbridge, the only, um, only rec-only license ever distributed out there by the Cannabis Control Commission of Massachusetts. So I love giving her a plug. I just think what she's done is great. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely an opportunity. Because of the niche and the legalization is so new, we don't have a old boys club that's 50 years old and, and you know it's just going to get passed down now that doesn't say they don't face their challenges with that same element yeah. as big business comes in but at least to start especially in massachusetts there's a, a great emphasis on uh, minority ownership and equality and women that we can at least start out the gate um with some level playing field uh, for everybody right um, and i do give sorry. credit to our politicians a little bit at least who are trying to get this moving and expunge some of the people that have been imprisoned for a long time for minimal amounts of possession i mean there's been some injustice out here for those uh, people of color and i really think it is time and i give the politicians credit for trying to do this but the realities of oper- offering an opportunity to what amounts to an ex-con 
the, again, the banks, you, you can't get a loan. It, you, it's just very difficult. And while it, it, you talk a good game, you say, hey, we want social equity. Hey, we want to give back. But we're also only in like the first year or so here in Massachusetts and 11 states total. Illinois just went legal last week as well. First legislative initiative to bring cannabis into the legal, legal adult use world, which is newsworthy in many ways because, as you know, New York and New Jersey couldn't get it done, even though their governors wanted it. Correct. Uh, yeah. So back to the the uh, the social equity programs. Um, are they ever? Are we ever going to get to the point? And and Steve Hoffman, the, the commissioner, told me he wants it, this to come from the private sector. He wants the big farmers, the 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 um, Tilrays of the world, and the, and the the conglomerates that own three or four dispensaries in each state, even though legally they only have three they're supposed to have, right? Sure. Um, he wants them to show the initiative. Where, where do you think we're going to be in five years? Um, and that's, by the way, this is only your opinion. I don't think right. you have a crystal ball, but where do you think we're going to be in five years? I think, uh, depending on what the political landscape looks like uh, in 2020, who's real, if Trump is reelected or, or a Democrat comes in, that answer will be determined to TBA, because I think if a Democrat gets in um, and it's more progressive and liberal, I think you will see kind of like they're doing in California now where a certain amount of a tech board should, has to be women. So that movement will kind of come across the U.S., whereas I think if Trump gets reelected and, and, and things stay a little more conservative, uh, you may not have that push for social equity. Yeah, and that'll be interesting. Um, certainly, I don't like to use his name. I call him POTUS, okay, just for the record. And I think he's an investor in the industry. You cannot tell me that a guy that's been as shrewd a businessman as he has been can't He's invested somehow, some way, and not that we could ever get a look at his books or his tax returns to actually prove this. It's strictly my opinion. Just saying. Anyway, um, are the lobbyists in Washington, do you think they're doing a, a good job? It's pretty remarkable to me what they've been able to accomplish. I, I think we're going to have to hold that grade out until we see the Safe Banking Act, which should be coming up relatively quickly. It's gaining a lot of momentum. Even is it Joe Kennedy here in Mass went mm -hmm. from uh, no no marijuana right. to upside of the bill. Right. So everybody likes to get reelected. And this <laughs> is running so strong, not only with Democrats. I think it's in the 70 or 80 percent. Republicans are pushing mid-50s to 60 percent. Everybody wants this done, even if it's just at the level of letting legal cannabis companies just have bank accounts. Right. You don't want a million dollars cash sitting in a van or in your store every night. Right. They're, like, and they're spending it as a public safety issue. Yeah, exactly. Which it is. It, you know, like, like even if you don't want cannabis legalized and you're a conservative, you also want you, people who are working at the store to be safe if your son and daughter or neighbor is working right. there as well. So, right. like, they should be able to not have to send in wads of $100 bills to the IRS to pay their taxes, which they're doing. Right. And the IRS hates it. They've had to hire more people. They have to hire buy money counter, those those machines. I think we can get to the point where whether or not you are for or pro cannabis, if it's legal in your state and you're, you're, you have the right licenses, you should be able to have a bank account, write a check, track the money, tax it. Everybody wins here. And mm -hmm. like that's the we should be able to do that if we're if we are, have some 37, 35 states, they, they need to have a business checking account. Right. How difficult was it for you to open one? Uh, I'm under a software company, so uh -huh. uh, we, we actually don't fall under cannabis because we do some other software sites and stuff like that. Um, and I don't touch the flower. So for right. those that don't know, the very first decision you make to when you come to an investment is, do you want to touch the flower, which, which was a little more, which was riskier, certainly in the last two years, 
now it's not as risky? Or do you want to do ancillary or pick and shovel type investments? Um, those guys, I believe, can get bank accounts. I mean, we're just you're talking packaging, you're talking plastics makers. Equipment. Whereas if you touch the flower, that's where the red flags went up. You, right. No go. And I, so here's uh, my feeling. I think you're going to see federal decriminalization first. I do think the Safe Banking Act will pass in the next 30 days. And it's because Bar- when Barney Frank came to our booth in, uh, during NECAN and we were talking about it, and he goes, look, you want to get a, a, a simple little win. And opening the banks and allowing them to do banking is a simple win. And that's why you're seeing the momentum by the lobbyists being pushed down there and they're getting over 200 votes now. And by the way, that's about... 17 more votes in two weeks since I was down there because the lobbyist that I talked to at that time, Becky Dansky, which is now available on In the Weeds on our variety of podcast distribution networks, uh, she explained that, you know, they have a checklist and they go right down that checklist. They know who's going to sign, who's going to say yes, and they want to bring about 300 signatures to the Senate. So when the Senate gets it, it's like, uh, we really can't stop this because they do respect true democracy. And I really believe that's what we're seeing at work here. People want it. And the people who elect those representatives are voicing their choice of let's make this stuff legal, tax it, and let's move on. Because it's, you know, is it an adult use product? 100%. Can it be abused? 100%. But you can also use it in moderation and it can improve your life because of the endocannabinoid system now. Absolutely. And one thing to watch out on that is I think it's up to about 12 Republicans are co-signing. And of course, it's going to go to the Senate, which is Republican controlled. But the interesting part is I believe there's 41 Senate seats up in 2020 for re-election. And I, I, you know, like 21 of them or 30 of them are Republican. And out of those Republicans, I think a good 15 or 18 are in legal medical marijuana, at least, if not full rec. Right. So they're going to be under pressure from their conservative constituency to, to maybe not vote for it or not help the movement. But in the same sense, their state is benefiting a lot. Their voters want it. They're getting new schools, new homeless shelters, putting it toward fixing roads. Uh, again, you can. this is a great idea because you can get away with voting for it as a conservative Republican without throwing your ring in the hat that I'm for medical and, and or recreational use. I just want safety. I want banking. I want our communities to be safe. Right. Wink, wink. I can vote for this and not get my user base really upset, at least my conservative user base. You know, it's funny. At dinner, we were talking about the um, unnamed civil war that's going on in our country right now. And I don't want to get into philosophic, philosophically about why that is and all that. But, you know, read between the lines, guys. I'm from Massachusetts. Anyway, um, you, you, this is one of the few subjects that you can reach across the political line and get people to align themselves. And it's become a rallying point, really. It's maybe the last big thing that may happen under this current POTUS administration that both sides will pass. So, yeah, again, we wrote an article about why didn't President Obama legalize this on the way out. And one of the points of the article after talking to lobbyists was, you know, obviously Hillary was a heavy favorite even on to win on election night. And that was going to be kind of a gift to the people when she needed it. And in this sense, there's almost a competition even among Republicans and Democrats to be the one to do it. I mean, of course, the Democrats want it. And they want to be able to champion, we legalize, we decriminalize. We decriminalize. Got, we took yep. away the, uh, the the conviction arrest record of um, 1.2 million people because mm-hmm. you need those back in the workforce and mm-hmm. they need to be able to vote and they need to be able to get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but now it's almost like the Republicans know how much how in favor people are. They want to take credit. So there's actually a belief that Trump will do it before the election as a carrot or as a goodwill or as a look at me. I'm I'm in the I know what the people want and he'll legalize it or executive order or whatever and that they the Republicans want to say we did it we're right. smart you know we see biz we're, we're pro business right. jobs right so we'll see as long as somebody does it I don't care I know, as, long as, right. as long as it gets done go for That's it right. and when I get behind the curtain I get to do whatever I want with exactly. my vote yep because uh, a lot of people still won't admit that they may have actually voted this guy into office I just want to say um, Kurt Dalton from the Cannabis dot net um, this has been great I feel like I've met an old friend and. And we have a lot in common. I hope we get a chance to continue to work together. I've enjoyed having you in studio, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on record because we are being recorded here. I really expect you to end up doing a regular podcast with the Pro Cannabis Media Group because, after all, Cannabis.net is pro-cannabis. We are very much. I enjoyed my time. I look forward to uh, doing some podcasts, keeping your listeners up to date on what's going on, and hopefully giving them some good advice. That's right. And you don't think they should bring back Kyrie, huh? No, not a Kyrie fan. <laughs> it's, it, it's hard if you're Wick and Danny to, to bring back a guy that 80% of your fans don't want, even, a, no matter how talented he and, is between and, the court, court and, lights. And two years ago, two and a half years ago, they were dying yep. to get rid of Isaiah and sign Kyrie. Do yep. we remember this whole we, thing? We hoodwinked him because Isaiah's hip's broken. He never played the right way the same way again. So we, And yet his heart is so yep. big. I mean, and he's a bargain, by the way. I mean, I would not put it by Danny to bring him back, to bring Isaiah back. Uh, he, he'd be a bench guy, but he'd be a happen. bench guy. But it would be a, he certainly would be a, a fan of the people. That's for sure. We'll find out the drafts in uh, 13 days. We've got a lot of draft picks and Anthony Davis wants out. So we'll f- stay tuned, listeners. That's right, because even though we are cannabis based, there's a lot of sports influence here, especially in my mind. I love to make analogies like that. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. This podcast is produced by the Pro Cannabis Media Group out of Boston, Massachusetts, for the enjoyment and education of our audience. Any medical advice or opinions shared are not a reflection of the Pro Cannabis Media Management or any of the In the Weeds distributors, including CLNS Media and C Suite Network.